The series we're doing is God at Work, Giving Your Job to the Lord. And last time we were together, we were talking about, as we're talking about uh, living out our life of faith, living out our walk with the Lord in the workforce. Last time we talked to the employees, but this time we're going to talk to the employers. We're going to talk to the bosses and see what God's Word have, has to say about that. I read the story about a guy named Charlie this week, true story, about a guy named Charlie. And Charlie was a new believer. He had just accepted Christ as his Savior. He was trying to, to walk with Jesus. God had changed his life. He was trying to, to show the difference that God had made in his life. But he, he went to this businessman's breakfast. And when he was at that breakfast, uh, they were talking about some different things. And, and Charlie just, he couldn't help it. He just said, guys, I need some help. I need somebody to help me answer a question. He said, my employees, they tell me that when I come to work, there's one of two Charlies who shows up. There's Charlie Love. Charlie Love is the Christian Charlie. Charlie Love, he cares about people. He's compassionate. He's patient with people. He works with people. He's, he, he, he cares about helping other people, including those who are working for him. They said, we like Charlie Love. When Charlie Love shows up, we know it's going to be a good day around the office. But then... There's Charlie Money. Charlie Money, he's all about business. And when Charlie Money walks in, he's cracking a whip. And he's straightening things up. And he's making sure everybody's on the ball. And he's, he's, he's pushing people. And he's driving people for performance. And, and Charlie Money, he's not so popular with the employees. And he said, listen, guys, as he was at that breakfast with those Christian men, he said, listen, I need to know something's schizophrenic about my life something's not matching up i need some help can you help me to find out why there's a difference between charlie love and charlie money does that sound familiar to anybody maybe it sounds like your boss <laughs> maybe your boss uh, comes in one way one day and comes in a different day away the next day or maybe it sounds a lot like you maybe you are the boss maybe you are responsible for some people and maybe you struggle with the same kind of things that charlie does well that's why we're studying God's Word, because today we want to talk about becoming a great boss. Do you want to honor God in the roles of leadership that He has given you, specifically in the workplace? What are the instructions that God gives to His people who find ourselves responsible for other people as we're at work? Well, the first thing that He talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9, if you are going to be a godly boss, you need to be a godly example to those you work with. Let's read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9. Now, I want to kind of back up, actually, and remind you of what we talked about in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. In verses 5 through 8, we talked to what it says, slaves or servants, or we made that analogous to workers today, to employees. And he gives several instructions there. He talks to, he says, in verses 5 through 8, servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by way of eye service as men-pleasers, but as slaves or servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. Now we pick up with where we are in verse 9. And masters do the same things to them. 
After spending four verses talking to the employees, the Lord's instructions to the bosses is actually fairly brief, and it starts out with a command. He says, Lords, or masters, or we might say bosses, the same kind of things that God said for the workers to do, those are the kind of things that bosses are to do as well. Now, what were those things? Well, we just read them. He had said, bosses or employees, remember, who is your real boss? Everybody in the workforce needs to remember that we may have bosses, we may have supervisor, but who is it that really I'm accountable to? Whether I'm an employee or whether I'm the employer, we are all accountable to the Lord. But then he had said, but uh, yeah, we realize that, and that needs to be our overall perspective, but we also have some earthly bosses. And he had told the workers, hey, workers, even though the Lord is really your ultimate boss, God has given some people in your life that you're accountable to, and you're to obey those earthly bosses. Well, some of us in this room are bosses of other people. But we also, most of the time, unless we're the owner of the company, and even then we have some people over us who are watching over us, if you want to think about government or different uh, kinds of uh, uh, enforcement, code enforcement, all those kind of things, all of us have somebody to account to. And God says that one of the things, if you're going to be a godly example to your workers, is to do what your supervisors and your leaders over you ask you to do. You see, as a boss, I expect my workers, my employees, to do what I ask them to do, right? God expects them to do that. As long as it's not something sinful that goes against uh, His, his uh, principles and His purposes, as long as I'm not asking them to do something sinful, I'm expecting them to respond to that. Well, the, the Lord says to the bosses, guess what? That's what you're to do, too. You're to do the same thing. You're to obey your earthly bosses. He's, he gives some other instruction. He said, do it in fear and trembling. What did we say that meant? That means that we're to show respect to God. We're, we're to show respect to other people in the workforce. He said to do it in the sincerity of your heart. God had told the workers, now he's telling the bosses, do the same thing. Be a person of integrity. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be one way with some people and another way with other people. What do we use? The word is what? two-faced somebody has said bosses are regularly one way with the customers another way with the employees and another way still with other leaders now we're getting beyond two-faced and we're getting three-faced are we <laughs> we're one way with the with the is that not true one way with customers on the phone or, or dealing with them over the counter another way with employees and another way with other leaders the lord said that's not right we should be people of integrity. We should be the same no matter where we are or who we're with. The, the, the Word of God had told the workers they should do it with goodwill. They should be a pleasant person to work with. They should have a good attitude, boss. That's what God's saying to you. You're to have a good attitude. He had said to render service, to do the job you're expected to do. Boss, you're there for a reason. God expects you to do the boss uh, to do the job you're expected to do. And then he had said, do it as to the Lord. Clearly throughout this passage to the workers, God had said, you're servants of Christ. Do it as to Christ. Do it as to the Lord, knowing that whatever good thing each one does in your work, is what he's talking about specifically here, this he'll receive back from who? From the Lord. It's clear throughout this passage, whether it's an employee or an employer, we're to do our work as to our real boss to the Lord. Okay, so he had given that instruction to the workers, and now he's given it to the bosses. In a nutshell, bosses should do what they and the Lord expect their employees to do. 
In fact, let me kind of take it up a notch. If you look at God's Word, does God's Word usually, does God's Word typically lower the standard for leaders or raise the standard? God's Word usually, usually raises the standard for leaders. We might even say that God expects the kind of instruction that He gave to the employees even more so from leaders. Now, that might not necessarily mean they do more work or the hardest jobs. It might mean that they do that. But in general, it just means being a good example of doing a good job, a good day's work, a fair day's labor for that person that you're responsible for working for. It's hard, for work, it's hard to work for somebody who's not a very hard worker, isn't it? It's hard to work hard when the person that you're responsible to is not willing to make the same kind of sacrifices. Now, this doesn't undercut the role of being a boss. The Bible clearly makes it, may, establishes that there are different roles of authority in society. Bosses must lead. They must give direction to their employees. And that's perfectly acceptable. It's even necessary. God has established order in society. And in almost every situation we find ourselves, we might even say every situation, we have people over us, we may have people under us, we have people that we're accountable to, we have people that are accountable to us. And the workplace will be better if the people that are bosses are examples of good worker themselves. Now for many of us, as we're living out our faith in the workplace, this is where you need to start. Some of us here today, honestly, we're talking about God at work. We're talking about giving your job to the Lord. God at work, are you taking the Lord to work with you? And are you allowing the Lord to work in your workplace? There are some of us here today that if, you just, if we were just to ask you, if I were to ask you, just sitting down with you personally and talking to you, you'd say, you know what, there's a disconnect in my life. There's a difference. And you know what? You might even say, I haven't meant to. That hasn't been intentional. But I find that I feel one way when I'm here at church with you guys, when I'm worshiping, when I'm in Bible study, when I'm going out for coffee with Christian brothers and sisters. But when Monday morning starts at 9 o'clock, or maybe you have the uh, 3 to 11 shift, or maybe you have what they call the graveyard shift, the third shift, or whatever it might be, whatever uh, your work day is, when that happens, you find that things change. And God's wanting to speak to your heart about that, isn't He? Your Christian faith is not showing up in your job performance. And God says that's not right. Some of us need to think about that. But you know what? For some of us here this morning, I believe, listen, I believe God is wanting to kind of step it up a notch. Okay? Yes, you want to be a good worker. Yes, you want people to see you that way as a leader. But more and more, as people are noticing... You are a hard worker. You do a good job. You work a fair day for a fair day's wage. More and more as you see that, you're saying, you know what? That's good. I'm, people are seeing Jesus in my life. They're seeing, at the least, people are seeing what? A difference. They're seeing that I'm a good worker, that I'm a hard worker, that I try my best, all that kind of stuff. Okay, that's all good, but you're saying, you know what? I believe God wants me to take that further. I believe that God wants me to intentionally point my efforts in the job towards him towards being able to share about him and what he's done in my life and what he can do in the lives of others listen to the story of one woman's testimony the lady's name is marissa marissa has a high position in a fortune 500 company and she came to realize that in addition to god being concerned about her job performance that's what we were just talking about in addition to that she began to think you know what 
God has me in this place for a reason. And I believe that God wants to be involved. For some of you, this sounds like something from Mars. And that's why we're at church, amen? God needs to challenge our thinking. It's not from Mars, it's from heaven. <laughs> God wants to challenge your thinking. Does God want to be more involved in your workplace? So here's what she began to do. Every morning, Marissa began to set aside time to pray for her bosses, for her employees, for the customers, and for the business transactions that her company did. One day, while she was praying, Marissa sensed that there had been a flaw in a recent acquisition by her company. Well, because of that, she shared it with the chief financial officer of the company. She said, listen, I think there's something wrong with that acquisition that we just made. Well, the guy said to her, well, how do you know? And she was like, um, well, just trust me. Uh, well, you know, she tried to dance around it a little bit. And finally, she just blurted out, God showed it to me. Well, the guy thought she was a little crazy. I mean, can you imagine telling your boss, I think, you know, that deal that we just did, I think there might be something wrong with it. Can you imagine telling your boss, uh, because God said something's wrong with it? What would they say? Do-do-do-do, right? <laughs> okay, you know, we're, we're going to get the psychology department to do an assessment a little bit later, but let me check into that. Well, the guy did. He thought she was a little crazy, but he followed up on it. And sure enough, Marissa's sense was correct. And that financial officer thanked her and shared with her that she had saved the company considerable problems and money because of the information she had shared. Then he said this, what else does God say to you? And did he say anything about me? <laughs> you see the difference? You see, that's not just me doing a good job. That's not just me being a hard worker, me clocking in on time. Me taking the kind of lunch break that I'm supposed to break. Me doing the work, the assignment that I've been given. As a leader, I have the opportunity to influence people's lives. Amen? That's what somebody has said. Leadership is really what? Influence. It's influencing the lives of others, whether that's people up the ladder or down the ladder. And listen, I realize that there are some limitations to sharing our faith, okay? But you know what? I believe many Christians, I believe many Christians are wearing our feelings on our sleeves, okay? And we're afraid. And we back off many times when we have an open door before us. And, and, and listen, we've got to realize our boss is not paying us to lead people to Jesus, right? I mean, that, that's not their goal. Their goal is not for us to evangelize the world. But listen, we realize as Christians, I need to do a fair job for my boss, right? I need to do what they're expecting me to do. We've made an agreement. I'll do what they've expected me to do. They'll pay me for that job. So I need to be able to do that. But what we're beginning to kind of ratchet up a little bit is that God says to us, while you're doing it, He's not taking away from the job. He's actually saying do it a better one, right? While you're doing a great job, look for opportunities to share about me with other people. I used to have a boss named Frank. Frank was an excellent builder. He liked to remodel houses, and we would go all around North Carolina, and he would look for older houses and, and people that would, would allow him to remodel those houses. He was excellent at what he did. I don't know why he hired me. I think he felt sorry for me. I needed some money. And so he let me be a helper, and, and I had a good time, you know, kind of working my way through school doing that. But you know what? I noticed about Frank. Frank was just a regular guy. I mean, you, you would have loved him. Just a regular guy. He's still alive. You would love him if you met him. Just a regular guy. All the guys respected him. He knew what he was doing. But you know what was different about Frank? He loved Jesus. 
And he wanted to honor the Lord. He wanted to share the Lord with other people. You know what Frank would do? He wouldn't come in every day preaching. He wouldn't come in every day forcing, pe- forcing his faith on other people. But Frank looked for opportunities. First of all, he lived for the Lord. He did a good job. He did right by his customers. He made things right when they weren't right. And when the guys would ask, Frank, why are you doing that? You're going to lose money on this. He would say, because it's the right thing to do. Because I want to honor God with my business. I love the Lord, and this is what I should do. And when guys, you know what? Have you noticed? If you will just take half a second to talk to people at your work, people are hurting. And Frank looked for opportunities for hurting people. And when his guys would come in, they'd be kind of down, and they wouldn't be doing their job. Frank wouldn't say, hey, you're, no, you're good for nothing. He'd say, hey, man, what's going on? You don't seem to be into it today. What's going on? Is, is everything all right at home? And those guys sometimes would just say, you know what, man? Things are tough. You know, my wife has left me, or we're having trouble with the kids. And you know what Frank would say? Boy, I'm sorry for that. Well, how can I help you? Can I pray for you about that? Isn't that awesome? Let me tell you something else he did. He was very intentional about sharing his faith within the the appropriate boundaries. But every year, here's what Frank would do. He'd come around Christmas time. He'd say, hey, guys, on Thursday, we're letting off early. We're getting off at 3 o'clock. Woo-hoo! That's all they need to hear, right? Wait just a minute. I'm going to let you off early, but I'm going to pay you for those last two hours that we would have worked. And you're free to go if you'd like to. But actually, there's a reason I'm doing this. The reason I'm doing this is because we're going to have a Christmas party. And I'd like for you guys to meet me at this restaurant. I'm going to buy you supper. We're going to have a nice Christmas celebration. You don't have to come. You're not obligated. It won't hurt my feelings about you one way or another as your boss. But I'd sure like to share Christmas with you. He'd pay for the guys to come. And now he could share with them what Christ meant to his life. Isn't that awesome? You see what I'm talking about, church family? We need to be creative. We need to be intentionally looking. God, you have put me in this place. Help me to do the job to the best of my ability, but also to share you with others. Bosses, you need to be a godly example. But number two, the Bible says that we should treat our workers well. He says that masters do the same things to them and give up threatening. Now, why would the Lord give bosses this instruction? Well, it's because the relationship that Paul is dealing with here is much like our relationships today. Many times in the workforce, bosses can be a little heavy, to say the least, amen, on employees, can't they? And like us, many of these early believers, listen, friends, are we not growing out of who we used to be? I learned how to be who I am from my sin nature and from people around me who are sinners. So as sinners, we've got some bad habits, don't we? We've got some bad practices. And you might have learned in the workplace, you probably did, that sometimes you need to be heavy on other people. But Jesus tells his followers, if you're going to follow me, that is not acceptable. First of all, it was related to how we talk or how we speak to other people. Some of us probably in this room have good mouths on us, don't we? And I use good loosely. We're able to use our mouths pretty well. You know what sometimes Christians will say? Sometimes Christians will say, Hey, Pastor, listen. Hey, you know what? I love the Lord. It's not me, but when I'm at work, I kind of have to use lingo. You know, I kind of have to stand toe-to-toe with other people and, and kind of use the jargon. i got to play the game with them. Who says? Who says that we should allow the world to set the tone instead of letting Christ as his follower set the tone through us on the workplace? Amen? Some people think 
that in order for... Now listen, friends. This is not just bosses. This is parents. This is spouse relationships. It applies in a lot of different areas. Some people think that in order to be listened to, in order to be respected, you have to threaten people. You have to get loud with people. Even you have to insult people. You know what we've decided in our home? We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. I, I, I don't have enough time in me. I don't have enough energy in me to raise my voice all the time. I need to learn, and my kids need to learn. When I say something, I don't need to say, I promise. I don't need to, mean to, need to say, you better, you better, you better. How many betters does it take before I really mean it? I need to say, this is what I expect, and guess what they learn? That's what daddy expects. Same thing goes for bosses. You know what happens? When we threaten people, when we get loud with people, when we start insulting people, you know what? Instead of them respecting us, what happens? They lose respect for us. When I get loud, when I have to yell at you, you know what that tells you? That tells you I'm out of control. That tells you I'm scared. That tells you I'm not sure what I'm doing. That tells you that, that I've kind of got a low view of my authority or of my role and that I have to assert myself physically in order for you to listen to me. I used to have a football coach. Man, he drove me nuts. The guy loved to yell and curse at us. One time I was in the gym, and I don't remember what I did. I wasn't a very good player anyway. I don't know why he's talking to me. But he got mad at me about something, grabbed me by the helmet, and started jerking my helmet, yelling at me. I had two choices. The first one kind of looked like this. So I kind of loosened up. And that's why I had to laugh it off. I had to, and that didn't make him happy either. I don't recommend that, kids. <clears throat> I got a little more yelling. But personally, and I don't think this is God's way, I've never responded to beat them down to build them up. I even had teachers like that who were trying, thought they were trying to help you, thought, thought that by beating you down that somehow that would make you better. I, I don't know how that works. It doesn't sound like that's God's way. And what I think God is really talking about here is really, He's talking about how we talk to each other, but He's talking about treating other people well, specifically your employees. Someone said, There is the great man who makes every man feel small, but the really great man is the man who makes every man feel great. It's the idea of a boss or an owner taking care of his or her people, of making them feel important, of making them feel valued, of thought of, of just treating them right, of treating them well. Colossians chapter 4, verse 1, a parallel passage to this. It says, Masters, grant to your servants justice and fairness. Now, that could relate to a lot of things. It could relate to their pay scale. If you're a boss, if you're in charge of payroll, let me ask you, do you pay your workers what they deserve for the job they do. It can relate to pay schedule. Do you pay your workers in a, a reasonable amount of time? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come back and tomorrow I'll give it when you have it with you. When you have the power to give to somebody what they deserve, then give it to them. Don't withhold that from them. 
It relates to considering the number of hours that they work, thinking of justice and fairness, treating them rightly. Are they working a fair number of hours? It relates to visiting them, understanding their work conditions. My mom, a few months ago, she told me, she said, boy, my boss is at work. He really kind of upset me. I said, what, what's going on? She, she works in a, a mill in Georgia, in a factory in Georgia, and her and several other ladies are working this place, and they're working on these parts and hot machinery and all this kind of stuff. It doesn't have air conditioning. Georgia doesn't have air conditioning. In case you didn't know, I used to live there. It gets hot there. It gets sticky. can hardly breathe. They didn't have air conditioning. So, simple request, certainly reasonable. Could we have a fan? Guess what? The bosses refused to give them a fan for their workstation. That's not reasonable, is it? That's not just. That's not fair. That's not right. <laughs> I wonder how that boss would feel if he was working at that workstation, right? And in fact, that's what it really all comes down to. It comes down to the golden rule. Have you ever heard of the golden rule? The Bible says in Luke 6, 31, treat others the same way you want them to treat you. What it's talking about is, if I, and this is a great uh, principle to apply in a lot of ways in life. In fact, over the last five or six years, this is a principle of, God, of God's Word that God's really spoken to me about. In dealing, I deal with so many people. And many times, the primary principle that you can use is, if I was that person in their situation, what would I want somebody to do for me? Well, bosses, what God is telling us is that if we were one of our own employees, how would we want to be treated? By the way, we're not talking about customers here, but bosses, it doesn't hurt to think about this principle in dealing with uh, customers as well. When you're setting your climate for your business, you know, it amazes me. It amazes me that so many times when you go into business, it feels like I'm inconveniencing the business. Have you ever walked into a place and uh, you say, hey, can I have such and such uh, hamburger? We don't have any of those. All right. Um, <laughs> Well, can I have some nuggets? Those are all cold. <laughs> all right, well, I'll just take some fries. Well, they're not going to be ready for 10 more minutes. Okay, what I want to say is, what I'm picking up is, you're not selling food here today. But I thought, that's why we were, you know, <laughs> I want to go through that whole process. What are we doing here? I thought this was a food establishment. Now, we got to be careful about it on this end. <laughs> But listen, as you have opportunity, listen, treat your customers well. Treat them nice. When we first moved to this area, or when we first got our house, we had trouble with our heating and air, and, and I had to call a local company here. I'm going to tell you, I can think of about four or five different establishments close to home here and across the country that stick out in my mind. I could tell you the company's names right now, and I brag on them when I talk to other people because of customer service. I called this place. And the lady said, it's a great day to be alive in the North Country. How may I help you? My name is... I said, do what? <laughs> I said, say that again. She said it. I said, man, that's neat. I like that. I, I appreciate that. You know what? I said, I don't care how much it costs. I want a heater. <laughs> Shannon would say, if you know Robbie, he didn't say that. <laughs> but it was nice. <laughs> And I did end up buying a heater from them. Much of it was because of the way they treated me. They treated me like I had some sense. They treated me like they wanted to do business with me. Church family, if you deal with other people, whether it's your customers, whether it's your, your employees, treat them 
like, like you would want to be treated. The Bible also says in dealing with other people and our business with them, especially the Old Testament, has a lot to say about doing good business, about having fair dealings. The Bible talks a lot about just weights and measurements and scales, okay? Uh, so remember that. But returning back to that employer-employee relationship, someone has said that most large companies won't fear to be a part of the mix in their work relationships. So you need to realize that. As a Christian, this is something that I might be taught or that's going to be modeled for me, but God's Word teaches me that attacking others through insults, threats, or humiliation is not God's way. We should treat our workers well if we follow Jesus. That whole golden rule idea brings us to the last part of this verse, though. The third thing he says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9, is that we need to know our place. If you're a boss, you need to know your place. You need to remember what your place is in this whole process. Have you ever seen a movie where somebody is in a position of authority and they've got somebody under them and they're mistreating that person? And then, through a turn of events, what happens? Now the person who was under them is over them. And now that person starts squirming, don't they? Uh, you know, it was all just good business. You know, I, I mean, I was just, right? They start squirming. They start trying to explain away. Consistently, listen, friends, if you are a person in some sort of important position or in some sort of authority or some sort of influence, Throughout the Bible, we're cautioned, be careful. Don't think too highly of yourself. I'm not trying to cut you down. I'm just trying to give you honesty from God's Word. We should not take advantage of a good situation in our lives. Don't get proud because ultimately, I am not in control. See, that's the problem with power. That's the, the problem with influence sometimes. We start thinking we're something. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, Wherefore, let him who thinks, by the way, you may not be as hot as you think, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. God's word reminds us here in Ephesians chapter 6, when we have authority as a boss in someone else's life, we should not get too much on our high horse. What he said there, Masters, do the same things to them and give up threatening, do a good day's work, and don't insult them or lash out at them or be ugly to them, mistreat them. Why? Knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with, with him. Now, the, the, the temptation is for me to think that I'm better than somebody. Now, in a sense, I am. I mean, it's not necessarily wrong to consider, to, to know that I'm over other people. I have responsibility. But the problem when we start thinking that way, I'd be careful about that, okay? I have responsibility. But the problem when we start thinking about it, sometimes we think that we're better than those people. We need to realize that though I might be somebody else's earthly boss, who is their final boss? God is their final boss. And I am just His servant who's been given an assignment. Somehow in the scheme of things, God decided that I'm going to play this role and that person or those persons are going to play another role for now. Isn't that important? For this time, I'm in this role and they are in that role. God is their final boss. And guess what this verse says? Instead of thinking of myself as over them, in this sense, it's putting us where? 
both their boss and yours is what it says isn't it is in heaven and guess what he's not real impressed with you that's what it says that's paraphrase <laughs> he's not real impressed with me or with you i might be in a position over them but god it says is not partial to position did you see that it says there is no partiality with god god's not impressed with my credentials or with yours first samuel chapter 16 verse 7 tells us somebody might walk into your office and see your engraved nameplate with your title on it and they might say wow you've come a long way that's not what god does when he walks into your office the bible says in first samuel 16 verse 7 man looks at outward things but god looks where god looks on the heart god teaches us that we need to know our place we need to fulfill our role but within the limitations of that role now how would knowing my place affect my job as a boss first of all i wouldn't take advantage of my role of authority if i'm following jesus example and i'm humbled that he chose to put me where i am for whatever reason i wouldn't think too highly of myself i wouldn't domineer and overpower and control other people my focus would be on doing what i'm supposed to do i have an assignment just like everybody else we've already learned to have one I'd be focused on doing my job to the best of my ability. Now, again, that doesn't mean that bosses can't lead or give instruction. Part of my assignment, part of my responsibility, my roles that God has given may be to give direction, may be to give guidance, may be to lead the efforts that we are a part of as a group. Authority, roles, structure have been given by God. We need leaders. But listen, here's the key. If I am a leader, and by the way, if you are, I pray that you're a little nervous about it. Amen? If I am a leader, I would be mindful that my leadership is functional, not based on worth. I've been given a role. You've been given a role. We both need to fulfill our role. And I would be mindful, listen, friends, that my role is limited. What do I mean by that? First of all, it's not forever, right? <laughs> I mean, one day... I might not be your boss. One day you might be my boss. One day we might be somewhere else. One day the roles might be changed, as we said, forever. So I need to be careful about that. My role is not the same in your life forever. And even if I am a leader in some way in your life, it's limited in this sense. My role of leadership does not cover every sphere of your life, right? I may be your boss when we're here from 9 to 5, but when we go to Walmart... I'm not your boss anymore, in a sense, right? I mean, sometimes there's kind of carryover the way we deal with each other, the way we treat each other, and the, and the roles that we have. But we need to realize that it's limited. Now, we talked about this a little bit when we dealt with parents in chapter 5. As a leader, right now, you might have the power to make people do what you want, even with no regard for what they think or how it will affect them. Someone has said it's amazing how few leaders consider how their decisions will affect their employees. You know what? Somebody might be here today, and you know what? You love the Lord, and you haven't meant to do this, but God's speaking your heart. You know what? Maybe you've been busy. Maybe your, your assignment is challenging. You've been focused on other things. Maybe God is saying to you that part of your role is to think about the people that you're responsible for. God is watching that, and so should I. Though Jesus had final authority, and though Jesus definitely gave direction at times, what was his focus? His focus was relationship and a shared mission. Friends, if you're a boss, it wouldn't hurt you to follow Jesus' example. Relationship and shared mission. 
hey, if you just want to do it just for business, it's going to help your business. Jesus' example works. Relationship with others and shared mission will help the bottom line. But listen, as Christians, is that what we're here for? The bottom line? No, we're here to honor God, aren't we? And that's how you honor God. If we don't do that, it'll probably make you ineffective as a boss, and it's very possible that God will eventually remove you and take your position of authority away. Now, those are the negative parts. But let's turn it around in a positive way. If I had God's perspective, I would completely turn this around, not just to not do the negative, but to do the positive. What is that? I would use my influence. If I'm following God's way, I would use my influence to develop people, not to hurt them. If you're a boss, I want to encourage you to get excited today. In a sense, the Bible says, I mean, a great deal of caution. If you are a leader in other people's lives, there is a great deal of caution. Accountability, responsibility. But listen, can I just tell you something? If I sat down and thought about the responsibilities God's given me, I might turn around screaming and yelling and run off and get checked into some, you know, asylum or something. If I really just thought about it for a second. But you know what I try to focus on? God, help me to be accountable. Help me to be responsible. 